Welcome everybody to another episode of Grown Men Watch Kid. Wow, to another episode of Grown Men Watch Kid shit. It's me, TJ, and I even had I, lo- I haven't even had a drop of alcohol, and I, you know, and here I am with it's Jordan. That air can, it's that thick air. Yeah. It's that thick air with the thick tongue, uh, and I'm here with Jordan. How's it going, Jordan? I just normally went at it again. Hey, I got a question for you. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, if you could be any kind of monster. What kind of monster would you be? Oh, the one hour I am a sexy beast. <laughs> and you just wear that all the time. You I just, just be sexy beast. Just okay. sexy like, beast. All not like the monsters in Luca where like they come out of their habitat and all of a sudden they're they're human and stuff. Like nah. Well, I, I do cover up the monster because I wear clothes, right? So Do you call do you call your you call your ding ding the monster? No, I'm just I'm saying I'm a set. I'm <laughs> the Kraken. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Tell me you don't call it that. No, I don't call it anything. Uh, yeah, you ain't got no name. No, yeah, it's, <laughs> like, just, it's just the appendage. You know, it's it's the, the appendage. I, no, it's I, I say that I'm covering the sexy beast by having clothes. Mm, okay, right. gotcha, gotcha. And you and not even. You answered quick, so like that. I mean, that, that's <laughs> that was in my heart. That's legit, like a belief. That was in you my had. heart. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm not. Let me. know the way you said it. That's no. a belief you <laughs> had. <laughs> I'm not trying to. That's you know, a, I'm not trying to throw that's shade. A, that's nothing. a thought that you contain. Yeah. Okay. That's a All that's right. a confidence that you hold. You well, because you answer with that energy, like man, I hope someone asks me this fuck question. I can tell them. <laughs> I can tell them that. I mean, man, shit, you know, I was self, gonna, self-esteem is how you feel about yourself. You hey, know what man, I'm saying? So, hey, man. I mean, I, I this is kind of a cheap answer, but I legit was going to go with like a fucking sea monster, man. Like I, uh, my, my entire life. So my grandfather uh, uh, used to take me like deep sea fishing and stuff. And then my dad would take me deep sea fishing. So like the ocean and shit, I've always fucking loved the ocean and everything. And it's like, man, it'd be fucking cool to, you know, be able to swim down there and, you know, fuck around with some whales and stuff like that. But then it's crazy because what is it, TJ? They say we only discovered what might have five percent of the ocean or something like that. I thought it was thirty three percent. Is it thirty three? It's some low ass five thirty three. <laughs> that's still low as shit. <laughs> so it's crazy to think about, man. Like you know, because we would go out, and I mean, it would be you couldn't see land anywhere, you know, mm-hmm. and you're just out in this mm-hmm. little boat, and it's like fuck. Man, like you're way down in the, in the bottom of shit. Did you? Were you ever afraid of like water and sharks? I know Jaws fucks some people up. No, none of that stuff messed me up. Well, a 
I wasn't allowed to watch like Jaws and stuff like that as a kid. So like I mm-hmm. and B, my mom, God bless her, bless her heart, bless your heart, Florence. She was convinced that I just was unable to swim. She was just she was just like, this is just a thing TJ can't do. And because of that, I had private listen to me, private swimming lessons for four summers straight. And so then just you and someone else? Just me and one other person. And he every summer he'd be like, You can swim fine. I'd be like, shut up and take your money, bro. Play pool games. Uh and then when I went to day camp, I had group swimming lessons. So me, TJ, I can swim, you know. I'm in the pool. I'm in the pool. I can like big big things of water don't scare me. I went snorkeling in uh the Dominican Republic. Okay, Mr. Pinky's out. What let's Hey Pinky's out. <laughs> Excuse me for having experience. Sorry, I've just been snorkeling in fucking Mexico, like you to the you know. Um but uh yeah, snorkeling's pretty cool. It's like just kinda late. But also it's like I, f- I felt like we were just a whole bunch of drunks. You know what I mean? Just like laying like face on the water, just like just kind of like bobbing up and down and stuff like that. Well, we did the thing where you have a tube with you and then you swim down as far as you can and then you swim back up and suck the water and then go back down. Oh, yeah. So, no, we didn't do that. They straight up just put a snorkel and they're just like, there you go, man. You know? And I was like, man, we're paying for this shit. You know, I got one in my fucking bag. I'm like, no, 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 no. You need a, you need a special kind of snorkel for these Mexican waters and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not scared. The thing I'm scared of, I'm scared of space. I love space. I'm scared of space. What are you scared about? Just like the infinite void? Y- yes, feeling so uh, fucking yes. tiny and like, small. Yes, thank you for reiterating the existential dread that lives in my heart whenever I think about space. I appreciate that. Yeah, you think, man, some giant ass fucking alien cosmo could fucking come down and just flick our at shit. any time, at yeah. any time. We are what's this, what's this little green and, and blue ball? Get the fuck out of my way. And then it's like. <laughs> we are ignorant to think that we are alone. That we is the only thing in the universe. Ignorant. Here's my thing. I, I, I don't think we're alone. But I also think that like the other life forms that are out there. Like, we they ain't worried about us. Well, no, they're not. But also like we can't fathom or comprehend what. I don't believe in little green men. I don't believe in all that. It's like. Yeah, there's life out there, but it's like a life that like we can't because we can't be basing everything off of what we have here on Earth. You know what I'm talking about? And it's like it, there's it's it's some other fucking thing that we can't fucking understand. Um, you know, a lot like uh, the, the the sea monsters in and uh, Luca. You know, the the Italian townspeople can't quite understand them, but one thing that everyone can understand is friendship which is a lot of what this movie is about. Um, and, it is. It and is. if I could, I want to bring up a quote from the director of Luca. Um, if I may read this. Um, Childhood friendships often set the course of who we want to become. And it is those bonds that are at the heart of our story in Luca. So in addition to the beauty and charm of the Italian seaside, our film will feature an unforgettable summer adventure that will fundamentally Change Luca, and that's from Enrico Casarosa, who uh, directed the movie. And I just thought yes. that was a really beautiful quote, and also something that um, is absolutely fucking true. 
You know, I mean, I think we can all attribute who we are today, at least varying amounts, but we can all contribute, attribute some amount to who we are today to who we had as friends growing up. Um, so yeah, I think this is a good time to talk about childhood friends, first friends and stuff like that. Anyone you want to give a special shout out to buddy? Yeah. The first person that like really, I felt like transcendent family. And then like he had to, like he moved and you know, that was like a heart wrenching experience. And like every, I want to say at least like once every three months I search for Facebook for like signs of where he is and I never find him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But his name was Robert and he lived down the street from me. And that was like, you know, uh, it was the first friend that my mom would let me go over to and stay the night and just walk to, you know, walk to his house by myself because he just lived down the street. And like, uh, like, I just remember like watching Godzilla and watching and playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and like all those things that like you do as a kid, like Robert and I did together. Mm-hmm. And we... I remember distinctly one night, like feeling like, oh, I'm like integrated into this this whole other. You know how like when you when you meet a friend to the point where you you start to feel like family in a way that like their parents feel like an extension of your parents and you know that whole thing. Yeah. And there was one night where I I, I was walking home, and the, the uh, my mom had let me stay until it was dark. And his parents were like, no, we'll walk you, we'll walk you home as well, right? And I just this this is a stupid memory. It's a stupid summer memory. But I remember Robert and I like literally running back and forth around his parents in the middle of the street, like in on, on the street that we lived in, and like just being stupid and like bouncing off of trees that were in other people's yards and stuff like that. And then like that that handoff to my mom and then like them walking back and like me and Robert, like yelling at back and forth to each other until we couldn't hear each other down the street and stuff like that. Like knowing that we'd see each other the next day. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And like Robert, Robert was like my dude. He was that, that was who I ran with. That's who I like, you know, hell I was like in elementary school, you know, I was young, but that was like my person. That was my mm-hmm. person. And then he moved and he only moved like shit 15 minutes away. But, you know, 15 minutes when he used to be able to walk down the street was like devastating. Miles a mile. And yeah. I and then, you know, walk 500, 500 miles, <laughs> you know, and I remember I remember the only way that I remember the big thing was that we had a school phone book. Right. So the thing was, our school was like, hey, in case you need to get in touch with this child's parent and stuff like that, they had a little phone book. And I had the phone book for one number and one number only, and it was Robert's. And I had it highlighted and I would call it. And he still had the same phone number when he moved, you know, back when people made it very important to like transfer their phone numbers from house to house. Uh, And then right around, remember when Houston started splitting up area codes, right? Right around that time, his family got a new phone number, and I could never find it again. And I was just so like, damn. We had a 713 for the longest time, and they hit us up with that 281. Then they hit us yep. And it was that 281 split, right? And everyone had to get new phone numbers. And that, like, that was, like, earth-shattering. I, I still remember being in his attic at his new house 15 minutes away one Saturday and playing Earthworm Jim. And like trying to trick each other and to convincing each other, like, yo, 
you give I'll give you ten pennies for those three quarters because three is more than ten, you know, stupid crap like that. But that was like he was one of those people that uh he was the first person I felt like I could be like truly weird and bizarre and like the strange things and like the like the like Godzilla and like the the you know battle toads and but at the same time we like played with easy bake ovens and like you know like be like just do whatever you want and it felt and you know I'm the only boy and it felt like I was like oh I have a brother uh uh I have I have family I have uh this like extension of myself uh, and it was, yeah, I mean, to the, obviously to this day, every once in a while, I'm just like, where is Robert? Right. And he, of course, his name is Robert. Like, it's the most fucking generic ass name. Like, there's a thousand Roberts in the, <laughs> in the world. So, like, even and his last name is generic as hell. So, when I look him up, I'm like, I, I can't, this fool don't, I can't, I ain't never going to find him. I ain't never going to find him. Never. Um, but yeah, that like, I want to say that the biggest thing about that is, and I think that's is like any relationship like that, that like separates is like, do they think about me in the same way or as fondly or like, was I as impactful on them as they were on me? I mean, I remember climbing my first tree with Robert in my front yard and be like, we climbed a tree. Look at us. You know, stupid crap like that. But yeah. Robert. Robert was Robert was the first. He's the OG. Well, he's about to be doing a hell of a reunion because I got a surprise for you. Uh, Robert, go ahead and jump on in here. <gasps> Robert. I must have sent him the wrong link. I don't know what. I, I like the way you'd be lying to me. Okay. <laughs> well, here, Robert, if you're listening, you know, cheers, buddy. Well, that's really cool, man. That was a really sweet story. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, how cool would it be, TJ, if it was this episode that like got y'all to reconnect? You know, I would. I, I think I'd lose my absolute shit. I'd be like, "Oh my god," you know, and hopefully he'd be like, "Oh, who's?" Who? Hopefully he's not like, "Who's this weirdo?" I picture because he's from Texas. You know, I picture he just has. He's one of those friends that picked up that thick accent along the way somewhere. <laughs> Gotcha. Who's this Does, weirdo? He still touches his lips together when he talks. Oh, he has to. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? <dare>? Yeah. <laughs> My mouth stay open. Yeah. Like fucking Baraka or some shit. Um. Well, that's sweet, man. That's a really sweet story. Yeah, I mean, so my first uh, best friend, his name was. Uh, uh, Edward, but I just called him Ed uh, for short. Um, he didn't have any legs, uh, and he also didn't have a torso. He was actually he was actually just a floating head with hands, um, and he was based. On, it's my imaginary friend. Hold on, hold on. This is very important. So he's my first imaginary friend. His name was Ed, and I actually I used I saw a few episodes of that. Remember that old show Widget with that little purple bastard be fucking around, mm-hmm. and he had a friend named Mega Brain. Uh-huh. Well, it was just it, it. Ed just looked just like Mega Brain, and he was snarky, and he'd come in, and he'd be like, "Hey, man!" And he had he had like his little white hands be floating, and his little pink head, and you could see his brain underneath the underneath a little glass dome there. So that was Ed, 
And then I wasn't satisfied enough with just Ed. And then I had another imaginary friend named, named Shep. Uh, and he was looked just like Ed, but he was purple. Hold on. And How old were you naming your imaginary friends Shep? Shit. Uh, well, because we, we had a dog named Shep. Like a lot, okay. Like when I was a kid, so okay. Shep was just. I'm up here like Shep is an old ass name. <laughs> Shep, you know, you know what else? We also had a black lad named Tisha. Isn't that a beautiful last name for a black that lad? Is, Tisha. That's Tisha. Um, so the Shep, and then I had three little goblin imaginary friends. They were blue, green, and red. It was blueberry, apple, and raspberry. Um, and then I had a big old orange ape. Uh, his name was Orange. Um, and I, I remember have a for you, huh? When did you first make human contact? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, the doctors want me to know. I don't know. Uh, so I remember <laughs> I, I, man, I used to twirl around with these fools for, for, for a while, you know? And I remember one day I was in my grandma's bedroom watching some old movie. I can't fucking remember. And, and I was like, I think I'm getting too old. I was like, maybe, I don't know five, six, something like that. And I was like, <coughs> sorry, maybe seven. And I said goodbye to him. And I was like, see y'all later. And I started crying and shit like that. But man, they were like, they were with me. They were your bing bong. Yeah. They were my bing bongs, man. They were my bing bongs. And that's why that movie kind of. Is that what you call your, your junk? Cause yeah, they, they were, they were, yeah. So yeah, I was really formed by, but, but uh, uh, on the human side, um, I had I had so, so I had a, I had a really uh, <coughs> a good friend um, named Scott. Um, we lived in the same neighborhood and we played Legos together and shit all the time. And uh, he had a he's the he had a Super Nintendo. I see I didn't have Super. He's the one who had a Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And so I go there. He always had the coolest shit, man. Do you remember when the Jurassic Park action figures were all over the place and they had you can get like the giant like park. Do you remember that? Do you ever fuck with those? And it was like, yes. he had all that shit. He had the, what's the fucking uh, creepy crawlies where you make the little. Yeah. Dude, he, he had, he had always had like the new hotness, man. And like, I just, so I'd go over there and fuck around and we, we got so close that I wouldn't even have to like ring his door, but I could just go through his back porch and like go inside the house and stuff like that. Um, and we got into Star Wars together around the same time. So it's kind of thing. And then my, but then my best friend growing up, we know each other since we were three. Um, his name was Jason. He's moved on. He, um, he was, he, uh, he, he passed away in uh, May of 2005, my senior year of high school. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, he was, him and I were fucking, we were thick as thieves, man. It's pretty hard to talk about. Still to this day, it's kind of hard to like, you know, cause mm-hmm. I feel like, cause I watch stuff like Luca and I'm like, yeah, we had that, and now like he's gone, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, but I don't. I know I'm not the only one. Uh, so, for listeners, uh, sorry to get a little bit sad here, but you know, for those of you who have also experienced that, hopefully this movie kind of you know helps you get a little piece of that back. So, here's to that. What's the funniest story you have with you and him? Uh, as a child, as a child, as okay, as a child. Um, that it would have to be when, so he lived in, uh, he, he lived in Patterson, Texas and he had, he had some land and he had, he actually had two horses. Um, and we used to go around, uh, with, uh, 
uh, the four of uh, 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 a little four wheeler and just kind of run around on his lane and stuff like that. Four wheelers, look at like it didn't matter how old you were, you could just kind of hop up. We were probably like, I don't know, 10, 11, somewhere around there. And we just got on the four wheeler and just kind of like you know, bum around the, the, the lane and everything. And I remember he had this idea, uh, to tie. The, the both horses to the front grill of the four wheeler. No, and because that's what we thought. That's what horse we thought power horsepower meant. was. You know, um, and so we tied those two things. Tied. We got ropes, and we because the horses were real docile and shit like that. And the problem was, so we we kept driving the four wheeler, and and we, he was on the back and stuff, and we were like, hey, you know. Uh, <laughs> shit. but the horses wouldn't fucking move. And so we'd just be dragging them and st- not dragging them. Sorry. But like, they'd be kind of walking along and he was like, hold on a sec. And he goes and he gets a bag of, uh, we had some leftover M eighties, you know, those little, little, little tiny six dynamite for like fucking 4th of July and shit like that. And yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah. They, they don't like this shit. And he fucking lit somehow. He had a lighter again, country kids, Texas. you know? And yeah. Texas. And so, <laughs> And so he lit a bunch of these fireworks and uh, fucking sure enough, dude, we're on the four wheeler. Man, if these horses didn't just fucking bolt and and he said, like, hit the throttle. But like he's he, he was like, you know, throttle or whatever. And like I was I was too slow. And dude, they yanked this fucking four wheeler out from under us. And fucking we fell back and they're like running and like dragging the four wheeler. He lived with his grandparents. His grandpa comes coming down. He's like, what the fuck? And like, he's, he's running out and he's like, what the hell is going on? And these horses are like running and stopping, running and stopping, dragging this four wheeler, which like was like a little Honda. It wasn't like a insanely heavy thinking back on it. It was one of those little like fucking, uh, those ATV things you know what i mean it wasn't like a giant you know um and then we had to run around chasing these things and we got in fucking trouble um and then yeah so that was but looking back on it that was and but we always did shit like that you know we would do the it was always like tying ropes to shit now i think about it it was. We 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 tie ropes to like our feet and like fucking bungee jump off of off of a roof. Um we'd fucking tie ropes to the back of bikes and fucking wakeboard with skateboards or water ski with roller skate. It was just what can we tie a rope to and fucking go really fast. Look at you living on the edge. Yeah. Even as a child. I was inside being like, oh, Godzilla toys are great. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, just like fucking. <laughs> I had oh, a constant man. fear of just killing myself. So I was like, I'm not going to do any of it. I mean, I did some, I did some, I did some trouble, some shit. I think, you know, everybody does, but still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was in the country, when I was in East Texas, I did shit like that. Yeah, because there's nothing to do. There's nothing else, nothing fucking, nothing else to do, nothing else to do. But you would go do. So, like my dad, one time I remember he was gonna go with his buddies to help them cut down a fucking tree, and it was this giant fucking mature tree. They needed chainsaws and shit like that. So the thing is, like, grab your chainsaws and let's fucking go. 
You know what I mean? And so they fucking set up on this tree. They pop open the cooler of beer. They turn on the radio and they're just fucking chainsawing till the, you know, all the live long day. And there, and I came with my dad and he was like, Hey, they got like a fort, you know, at this house, you can go fucking play and hang out, you know, while we're doing it. And sure enough, there was a rope there. And I remember tying a rope to my stomach. It was one of those forts that had like the, the two forts with like the swing set in the middle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so a little bar in the middle. And so I'm on the top of one fort and I tie a rope to my stomach and I get the other end and I tie it to the, the, the bar where the swings are. I had just seen cliffhanger. And so I was like, God bless. Thinking I was going to shimmy my ass, you know, from one of the forts to the other. And I get on the top of the thing and the rope's tied pretty tight and I jump off and I'm just like, Fah! you know, and like, it's like my, fu- I just like fucking hang in there and like, it's, it's, you know, air's coming out of me. Like I'm, I'm fucking dying, bro. Like, for real. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, should laugh. <laughs> I know it's fine now, but like legit, I was fucking, I was dying. I was fading the fuck out, you know? And like, I, I felt like shit getting like dark and like these white circles were like coming around on my peripheral and like they're kind of closing in and i was like fuck fuck and like i shit you not dude like i just see a chainsaw blade just you know what i mean just like fucking cutting Cut the rope, rope down and i fall and it was my dad and he told me he's like you're lucky motherfucker that like you know we weren't fucking working we were taking a break and shit you know uh, and dude, just stay, just picture my dad running up with a chainsaw man, just like, you know, just slicing that shit and then, and then me falling. But dude, so much of my childhood was just stupid shit and rope, you know, <laughs> like no one I ever mean, should have given my ass fucking rope. Cause dude, I got hurt and I fucking did dumbass shit. We used to try to lasso car antennas from the corner store as cars were moving by. Just dumb shit. To do what? Dude. I don't know. Do? I, I honestly, dude, I have no idea. I have no What's idea what would have happened. You catch one. I have no idea what would have happened. Yeah, it probably would have fucking yanked off or yanked one of us, you know. But yeah, dumb shit and rope. You know what I'm getting you for Christmas, right? <laughs> oh yeah, your birthday no first. Your birthday first. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you rope. Just rope. <laughs> Do what you do with it as you may. <laughs> What's that written snippy? It's log, log. It's big. It's heavy. It's wood. Like <laughs> it's log. It's log. It's better than bad. It's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone wants a log. <laughs> Man, that show. So we just recently watched that documentary on Hulu, The Orange Years. Have you seen that yet? Mm-mm. Check it out, man. It's really good. It's just the history of Nickelodeon and like that era. And like it honestly, listeners know what I'm talking about. If you haven't checked it out, y'all should watch it. But if you were, especially if you grew up in that era, if you grew up with those shows, like the Nicktoons and Are You Afraid of the Dark and Salute Dude, they talk about like the adventures of Pete and Pete and all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah. Hey, dude, it's a long documentary, man. Like it is long because we were watching it. I didn't time it exactly, but like they just got into Clarissa. Oh, I will not be doing an offensive Italian accent for my intro. DJ, drop my beat. It's time for turning off. Real quick, before we go, I was just talking about the orange ears and recommending it to everybody. Oh. Um, you could you, – we watched it How together. long was that, John? How, how long was that, John, Kimberly? How's that? I, I, don't, I don't remember. 
It was pretty long. I was telling them like it got to Clarissa Explains It All, and I felt like we'd been watching it for a minute. And I was like, damn, they still got a lot of shit to get through. Mm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I um, I mean, y'all, I'm going to probably recommend any documentary I've sat through because I love them all, and I will sit through any. Like a few years ago, Netflix put out like World War II from space, which is just like computer what? recreations of like where the battles were happening, which is like, I know all of that information, yet I was like, oh my god, this is so fascinating. Look at, look at the boats in the water, guys. So, watch it. T- and You should watch Tickle. What? What is that? Tickle. It's about this underground tickling ring. Oh my god, that sounds That's like actual like a, torture. Like a fight club, that, but like a tickle? No, but it's like, act, but it's like, it's basically softcore porn. And these guys, and they can they can they can scribe these guys to be in it, and then like it's all run by like one person, and like when the guys try to leave, they like out them for doing these like male on male tickle videos, and like try to ruin their lives, and like threaten their families, like bruh. Ooh, it's like it's like a little bit of true crime mixed. Oh, it's a hundred percent true crime mixed with softcore porn. A combination I never knew I needed in my life, apparently. It's great. It's a great documentary. Anyways, trivia. Trivia. Right. We're ready for Luca. Luca Brazzi. Yeah. George. Silencio Bruno. Alberto's surname, Scorfano. Scorfano? Is Italian for scorpion fish. It is commonly used to indicate that a person is what? A, not good looking. B, not trustworthy. Or C, hiding something. I'm going to say C, hiding something. A, not good looking. I know, what does it mean? It is mean. He's just the boy. No one's, uh, Juliana's just a girl. Could we make it any more obvious? I'm just a girl. (laughs) TJ. Mm Mm-hmm. Porto Rosso can be seen as an advertisement on the travel agency window in what previous Pixar film? A. Soul. B. Incredibles 2. Or C. Coco. I'm going to say Incredibles 2. Eh, soul. I, uh, see, I was hoping that like it wasn't so close to... Because yeah. usually they do like two movies out or something like that. Yeah, it did, it did seem very like... Oh, okay, already? All right. Yeah. Okay. Where are we at? George. <laughs> the name of the town, Porto Rosso, is a nod to what? The director's favorite wine, Miyazaki's Porco Rosso! Or C, the director's hometown. Porco Rosso! The director's hometown? <laughs> and it was Porco Rosso! Oh, I, I, was like, I was like, that is definitely a nod to Miyazaki. Because this film yes. has the, like a Miyazaki Studio Ghibli-esque sort of eye style and stuff. Yes, very much so. And like the whole end credit scenes was very inspired by like Kiki's like delivery those. service. Um, and I think something about Julia's outfit. TJ! Mm-hmm. A Donald Duck plus toy can be seen in Juliana's... Julia's... Do I keep calling her Juliana? You do. Julia's room. <laughs> Why is this a fitting choice? A. The director's favorite Disney character is Donald Duck. B. The only classic aquatic Disney character is Donald Duck. Or C. Donald Duck is very popular in Italy. C. It is C. He is popular in Italy. 
I got to point on the board. And with those no pants. Jord. Yep. Uncle Ugo was designed to be as weird looking as possible. What two fish did designers use most as inspiration? A, the angler and the barrel eye. B, the angler and the viper fish. Or C, the angler and the flabby whale fish, which is a real fish. But it's also like, I hope that fish is like, yo, fuck you, scientist, flabby. Was, get the fuck out of here. What was A again? Angler and barrel eye. I want to go angler and barrel eye? It is angler and barrel eye. You know, obviously the angler with a little dangly doodad. And like, <laughs> angler with the dangler. Uh, barrel eye because they're partially <laughs> see-through. But, I'm you so know, the flabby whale fish, the males, uh, as they grow up, they eat a lot and then their liver gets really enlarged and then their jaws fuse shut and they just live off the fattiness of their liver for the rest of their lives. That's weird. Yeah, I know. Someone read some fish facts today. I'm looking up flat. Go ahead. I'm looking up the flabby whale fish. I want to know what the fuck this thing looks like. Um, the one that I saw was the red flabby whale fish. Well, that thing is terrifying. Yeah. TJ, uh-huh. we see A113 make an appearance again. Where is it in the movie? A, on the Vespa license plate. B, on the train ticket Alberto gives Luca. Or C, it's Luca's number for the race. License plate. Eh. It's on the train ticket Alberto gives to Luca. That's so hard because it's at the end of the movie when I'm feeling all the feels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what you get for having feelings. Okay, after Can't. that, we've got TJ at one, Jordan at one, and I've got an Aldo Mavis. Says, hey, no, see, I came in here. That saying is, I wasn't going to do any offensive Italian accents because. But that you ain't married you married into Italian family, so you, I said. But I'm not it's, Italian. You ain't you, the, Jordan. You the, the, you ain't got no. If you don't stop, you put your hand down. Don't do the the finger grasp thing. Listen, I ain't never seen you put Parmesan on anything, let alone say it. So don't play with me. It's true. It's true. Uh, so we'll have, uh, we have a closest without going over in. Okay. Sorry. I forgot how I wrote this for a second. In Luca's sea creature form, how many scales are on his body? Closest without going over. George, you're first. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you, you're you're, you're dead ass. Dead ass. <laughs> this fat ass is dead ass. No, no, no. Let's get it. Wow. Um, yeah. 200. Okay. TJ. Okay. I'm going to say 578. Okay. Well. Neither of you are technically over, but you're so grossly under. It's north of a thousand. Okay. George, go again. But no, that's, no, 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 no. That's not how this game is played. Got, I win. Got, I yeah. win. Don't take this from me, Kimberly. Closest Don't without take this from me. All right, fine. He but I want a second guess that doesn't count, George. 2,500. TJ. Oh, my guess was going to be 1573 originally. Okay. Well, okay. TJ wins. The actual number is 3,436. Y'all. 3,426? 36. 36. Okay. Fish got a lot of scales, y'all. 
Crazy. Well, it's like, I knew that. Man, but like they, they actually animated all of that. That's yeah. a lot of scales to animate. Yeah, that's why they know the mm-hmm. actual number. Wow. Well, right. you know. There we go. TJ uh, takes it home on Luca. What does I'm that, what does that bring us for? Um, that brings us to, oh, that's the wrong one. Wait a minute. Not too many trivia notes. Okay, I found it. I found it. It's an exciting fucking trivia so season. We've got uh, TJ at eleven and George sitting at thirteen. Ooh, guess what, Jordan? Huh? I'm coming. I'm coming for that ass. Okay. <laughs> I'm coming for that ass. All right. Well, um, I hope you both enjoyed that. I didn't throw in any questions that weren't about the movie, so you're. I was welcome. I was waiting for Jordan's Doctor Who uh, question. Thank oh no, God I didn't. I didn't actually come. look at who was in the cast on this one. No, he said Doctor Who. I know. I only ever do that when there's someone. Oh. Like something related to Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. I thought you're. I thought. Random. I thought you. I thought you were being smart. Like he's like, I was waiting for his Doctor Who question. He's like, I didn't look at who was in the cast. TJ, it's like. Oh, shit. <laughs> No, no. There's um, a method to the Doctor Who madness. And again, you know, Jordan, if you just want to watch Doctor Who with me at any How many episodes does he have to watch? Nope. What if he watches like two episodes? He has to at least watch a season. Nope. Hang on. Oh, that's a commitment though, girl. Nah, they go by fast. I will say, Jordan, they, they are a lot of fun. I will say, TJ, I don't give a shit. They are so much fun. Ooh, did you get a new dongle for your computer? Huh? Did you get a new dongle for your computer? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, is it that, the same port? That's the angler dangler. That's oh what it, that's my what I call. God. Oh God. All right, TJ, play me out. Yeah. Congratulations on your Luca win there, buddy. Thank um, you, friend. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. But yeah, cool. So... Y'all watch the Orange Ears. Y'all come back and hear us talk about Luca. Maybe don't watch the Orange Ears during the break because the between. Orange Ears is really long and the break is really short. Um, you, won't come, you, won't, you won't be back in time. You won't be back in time. Although you can pause it. It's not like it keeps going. Although you need to have Hulu to watch the Orange Ears. If you don't have Hulu, uh, TJ will be making his login information available. What? Um, at the end of this episode. Yeah, it's time to get a drink because you're talking out the side of your mouth. <laughs> Yeah, I ain't right. giving it out to to everybody, mom and them, and all that. I ain't doing all that. Mm-hmm. How you, mom? No. So, yeah, unless you are driving or uh, in the middle of an Italian triathlon, uh, feel free to join us grabbing a beverage, an adult beverage, and we will be coming back to talk all things. Look, yeah. Oh gosh, stop! All right, bye. <laughs> Ciao, Bella. Okay, stop. <laughs> And we are back. Jordan. Yes. How was your trip to the fridge? You know, it was all right. It was, uh, so I, I got up and I had to um, swim there. And then there was a place, spot where I had to eat a whole bunch of pasta. And then I had to bike the rest of the way. Y'all, I don't know why. I On behalf of all of us here, Grown Man Watch Kitchen, I want to apologize for the audacity and the lies that this man comes with every week. <laughs> well, I'm sorry for trying to theme it out to the fucking episode, TJ. I'll fucking stop. 
using my creative energy on doing that shit. Fine. You know what? How was my trip to the fridge? It was fuck it. I walked. What the fuck do you want from me? I walked to the fridge and that was it. <laughs> Why do you Everyone, ask me all the time? From, from everyone here at Grown Man Watch Kitchen, I want to apologize for the for the angry outburst that Jordan just had. <laughs> a trip to the fridge, Jordan. The same as it always is. How about you? I don't know. Sometimes, like the last time, Ken lock, Kim locked you know, your ass out. You always ask me. You always ask me how my trip to the fridge is. You never ask me if I'm okay. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> that's the fucking. That's the biggest question you ask me all the fucking time. I mean, how's your trip to the fridge? John, are you are you okay? The same. Well, no, man. I feel it. I'm trying to be all themed out, being all cutesy and shit. You know what I mean? And you're over here talking about, you talking about I'm sorry, bad. listeners, for his extra. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. I'm just going to apologize to everybody. Hold on. Shut up, Jordan. I'm just going to apologize. I understand. I'm over here like, man, I'm just trying to be fun and shit. Don't tell me I sound like that. I'm just, no. <laughs> No. I just, I can't. I just want to apologize. Why it gets slower every time listeners, you do it? Why it gets slower? Why it gets? I don't be in the all sultry like that. You tell me. That's the that's the TJ inflection. Is that? Uh-huh. I just want to apologize. <laughs> no, you don't sound. You, you don't sound like that. I like the way you didn't put any yeah. vowels at the end yeah. of that one. <laughs> You just left your mouth open, let the sound pour out. I like the pod. Yeah. I'm not even going to ask you how your trip to the fridge was because, like, it's the same. So, what are you drinking? First off, my trip to the fridge was eventful because I gave my dog a raspberry on her stomach. Like, wow. Okay. Well, there you go. Wow. What else you got? Apparently, as we nothing. continue to talk about this movie about friendship, what, what else you got? I. I have uh I'm drinking so fair warning, as you know, last week we didn't record because of the wonders that that is uh Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. And so we spent that time with families and doing all that stuff, right? So I didn't get to go to the beer store. No, let's get let's let's be correct about that. I went to the beer store. Just all the beer I bought at the beer store was consumed and I haven't gone back because I've you know, I'm trying to recover from the amount of alcohol which I consumed on Fourth mm-hmm. of July. Uh, so I have, I'm drinking with me as I talk to you about my new cheap beer from America's oldest brewery, Yingling, a Yingling Lager, right here. Yep, That's cool. I'm drinking with an eagle on the front. There Everything. You go. That's a sexy looking can. You know what? She is sassy. Mm-hmm. She's sassy. Oh, she, different things on each side. On each side. Listen. That's all right. That's all right. Well, I'm drinking, uh, you know, this movie. I'm just going to go and put this on our front street, TJ. We are going to talk about the plot of this movie and we are going to review it. But more so, we're going to talk about why this movie fucking kicks ass. Um, and so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, this movie honestly felt like it was, it felt like Pixar was kind of coming home a little bit for me. It was, uh, it felt like comfort. It felt like, okay, like I know this stuff and, and there's, there's no other beer to me that, that says comfort beer than a Shiner Bach. So that's, 
That's what I have today. And then I also have something else though. I got one finger of uh, of whiskey in my. Uh, he said one finger here. And here, here's the thing. I was I was telling myself, no, nah, I shouldn't drink whiskey. But then I said, Silencio Bruno. And then I Silencio Bruno poured it in there. So you ready to get down with the get down on Luca? Yeah, real quick. I want everyone, I want you to tell everyone what glass you were drinking. So the glass I'm day. drinking of, speaking of friendship, is uh this glass that uh I can't remember his name, but he got me uh a uh, <laughs> no, it's the it's the it's the, it's the set you got me, but uh, so it's the Batman uh, whiskey tumblers, and it comes with the Batman um, uh, fucking well, I'm, decanter. Decanter. There you go. Yeah. I was like, I know it's not a fucking carafe; it's a fucking decanter. Yeah. So uh, yeah, awesome, awesome set. Uh, so I found out because you got you got a Spider Man whiskey glass for somebody, and you're like, because that's their favorite superhero, and I was like, Batman's my favorite superhero. What the fuck? So. Uh, I really like the story of how I acquired these. So yeah, every time I drink a sip of whiskey out of this, I think of you, buddy. All right. So, uh, Luca, here's what I, first thing I love about this movie, TJ, is that it's set in like the, what, the fifties or sixties or something like that. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to say, I'm glad that you say the first thing I love about this movie, because if listeners will remember in previous episodes, you was all up in arms. Why they got to be fish? Why they got to be Italian and fish? And (laughs) I said, come with that that same energy. (laughs) And this is why. So I'm just going to say it again. This to date. And I don't know. It could be uh, uh, recency bias. This to date. And I'm sorry. I know we're kind of going all out of order on this episode. But like this to date is my favorite Pixar movie. Um and I didn't think it was going to be. I obviously there are way deeper conversations that I have no understanding on. Like I, I have, I have no place in voicing any sort of opinion regarding some of the things we've talked about in the past, like soul, right. Turning Disney's first, you know, or Pixar's rather first black protagonist into, uh, uh, you know, shapeless, formless, whatever, you know, princess of the frog, like those conversations, like I can listen to and I can understand, but I can never throw. Right. A, a, a hat in the ring or whatever. And I understand that like Italian by most, you know, intents and purposes is still white, even though I have family who's like brown as hell and can't speak a lick of English. You know what I mean? So it's, it's definitely one of those things. And so coming at this movie, I remember texting you when, when we knew a little bit more about the plot and I was like, wow, you know, their first Italian movie and their little fish boys and stuff like that. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say, if I may, and maybe you can speak on this too. Like I sort of feel the same way about this movie as I do about soul where it's like, yes, that's true. But look at the journey that these characters got to go on and look at the move, look at the product that was generated and the feels that, that are surrounding it because of that. A hundred percent. What do you think and, about yeah. that? Yeah, I agree because, you know, uh, we kind of talked about this off air before we started talking about the episode mm-hmm. was that I feel like this is Pixar's uh, first either intentional or unintentional foray into telling the story of an LGBTQIA person in like mm-hmm. a in like a full length film. Like they've done so in that short out and stuff like that, which was, you know, great and fantastic. Mm-hmm. But like I resonated with this film as a queer kid, 
you know, growing up. Right. And I think that I'm with you that um, this movie is something special, 100. Mm-hmm. percent And I and I and I am, and I, you know, we heard some scuttlebutt that before, since this was going to be the second Pixar film to go straight to Disney Plus, that Pixar employees were feeling some type of way about it. But like, I'm glad that it's easily accept, uh, accessible to kids. Yep. Um, so yeah, no, I, I have fantastic feelings about this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I think that the thing that this does, which is the thing that most transformation movies should do in a very real way is make the transformation a metaphor for something, you know? And that's what makes this movie stand out. Mm-hmm. While Princess and the Frog, the fact that she was the frog was the problem. And that's the thing that they had to overcome. This feels, and same thing with Soul, the fact that he was a spirit was the problem. And that's the thing that he had to overcome. Mm-hmm. This feels like, this feels more of like a story of duality. Yeah. Uh, in, in my eyes. Right. And I think too, you know, having him, having them be sea monsters who take on the form of humans it's it's who can bit, pass as I think that's the big thing. Who can pass as true? Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely a, a different a, a, a different sort of conversation. But again, those are all things that um you know I had in mind off of like the first reveal of like what this and I think there was some some little teaser or something like that where it was like, hey, here I am being Italian and oh, I'm a fish man, you know. And it's like I don't know, I, I didn't really. Uh, uh, none of us really knew exactly what the, what the plot was, but, uh, yeah, so let's run through this plot really quick and then, uh, just sort of talk about some of these, some of these deeper things. Um, yeah. So, uh, again, this is set in like the 1950s, 60s, uh, you know, something like that. Um, it, we, it gets its own personalized song at the beginning of the Disney logo, which I always fucking love. Every time, every time I see that, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm invited to something special right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like his own special song and stuff. So we have Luca. He's this sea monster. He's like a little shepherd or something. He has all these, all these little fish that he kind of, you know, shepherds around and stuff. And one of them oh, you know, Giuseppe and fucking Mona Lisa and all this kind of shit. And uh, so we have uh, 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 Luca, who is voiced by uh, Jacob Tremblay um, and his parents, uh, Maya Rudolph and Jim Gaffigan. Um, and his Which parents, are, they're all who are so good. Yeah, no, they're great. Um, they're all, uh, you know, the sea monster family. And the gist is it's very similar to a lot of these things. Little mermaid. Um, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there are others that, you know, escape me at the moment, but it's like, Hey, you know, the, the humans are, you know, bat, like stay away from the, what do they call them? Uh, land monsters or something. TJ, anytime he yeah. sees like the bottom of a boat, he's like, Oh no, I'm hiding and stuff like that. So, you know, I mean, we've got to, we've got to stay away from him and stuff like that. Uh, and so, uh, one day, uh, Luca encounters, um, Alberto and, um, Alberto is this, uh, other sea monster kid, um, who has kind of made a life for himself in the surface. And the gist is, and I thought this was really cool and I, 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 I liked it for a story element. And I also liked that they didn't fucking explain it too much. Basically, whenever the sea monsters come out of the water, they turn into, they, they pass as humans, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I, I thought it was really cool. First off up to this point, 
this this movie looks fucking gorgeous and it is the perfect summer film like it is just like you know with, with the water and the beach and the you know meadows and all this kind of stuff it's it it, it just looks like summer you know what i mean um and so alberto um it basically you know kind of coaxes luca like hey man like you could you should come out with me you know you should hang out and stuff like that um and luca's a little bit apprehensive at first uh but ends up uh and ends up you know joining alberto they have this really funny segment where uh <laughs> when luca gets out of the water for the first time and like he doesn't know how to walk you know, and so Alberto kind of shows him how to walk, but of course Alberto has adopted this like weird way of like walking with like his arms, you know what I mean, out and wagging and stuff. And it's like no one really walks like that, but it's just a really funny exchange and, and, and also really endearing. Like from the moment Alberto and Luca start hanging out, I'm like, Okay, this is this is fucking cool. You know, like this is really sweet, this is really charming and stuff like that. Um, and this this was the first time that so like this idea of transformation being able to pass as human and being like how do I operate in this world mm-hmm. this is what this is like the first sign that this was the first thing that like resonated to me as like a, a queer person right is that there's always that there always seems to be that one person that you can look up to and you're like if I could just be like them as confident as them and as sure as them I'll be mm-hmm. okay. Right. And then they're also like, no, yeah, come. This is how you do it. Like, and yeah, they're just, they're making it up as they go as well and all this other stuff. But like when you're that young and like trying to figure out like, this is who I want to be. How can I, how can I present this way? Mm -hmm. All all that was like, all that like hit me in like a, in like a place, like a place. So, and there was instantly that, that camaraderie of like, oh, you're just like me. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah, no, it was, um, <clears throat> it was really cool. So we learned that, uh, Alberto is all about this, uh, all about the Vespa. I thought it was really cool that they actually got like fucking Vespa, you know what I mean? Like, cause that's such a part of the Italian culture and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, you know, Alberto, he has this little hideout where he's just like collected a whole bunch of shit, you know, uh, from the, from the human world and stuff like that. And he tells Luke about the Vespa and they, and he it gets Luca to help him. He wants to build his own Vespa and fucking ride around and stuff like that. And and Luca fucking you know helps him out and stuff. And um, it's it's like the the celebration of like these mundane details. And at this is the point. Like Alberto's fascination with the Vespa and getting Luca to help him out. Luca's fascination with like this whole new world around him. But he's also dream. fascinated with Alberto and like this yeah. really like cute and like like who is this person? Yeah. Their little dream sequence that like they have, their little vision, their little vision quest moment. <laughs> There's a moment where they go fucking take some peyote and fucking zone out. Um, no, they don't do that. But this, this little vision where they see all these Vespas are it's all these gorgeous visuals. And it's like it's all stuff that's here. And like watching these kids like fascination with like just the world around them. I I thought was really, really cool. Like I think for a long time, TJ, there's been this string of, and I'll try to make sense of this as I was watching this with the kids. Like there's just been this string of these movies of like about these kids who are fascinated with space, fascinated with fairy tales, fascinated with other 
things and like it becomes a huge like sort of crux of the movie where they they put that stuff before you know what i mean like their own stuff but it's like these are these are kids who like aren't of this world fascinated with this world and i thought it was really kind of refreshing you know and i, I, I want to say that that the I, I agree with you on that and then i want to i want to up that and say not only that but they're they're fascinated with this world and how they can live in it together yeah right that's the that's the thing that like again uh, looking at through uh sure my myopic lens at this mm-hmm. point right it was absolutely like that dream sequence of them riding through the Italian countryside together on a Vespa. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, yeah, that's like the gay dream <laughs> of being like, let me have my person and go on these adventures and like live life with them. Yeah. Right. And, uh, the, you know, this is, you know, we also talked about this, how the kids in this movie are so young that it's pre-love. Right. Right. Yeah. But, Cause if, but, if I may just kind of jump in here, the, like the director did say, he's like, you know, this is about like pre-love kids so there's no but that stuff's in there for people to to get out if if they want to but yes continue yeah and i think that that is that makes it even more poignant to me because Mm -hmm. you know like like you and i both know that like what is pure love besides just like i just want to be with this person Mm mm-hmm Right. I want to spend time with this person. I want to experience life with this person. And so to see that manifested in this way and then not only manifested, but like romanticized and like indulged and being like their goal is to get a Vespa and ride off into the sunset together. Mm -hmm. That and like experience life and take in the world. That's that's why I was like, man, this movie is the gayest thing and I love it. Calamari by your name as uh as oh my god hey I'm just I'm just parroting what what people are calling this movie um but uh which I've never seen Call Me by Your Name so I wouldn't know the the connection there I don't know isn't it like Italian Vespas and I haven't seen it either hanging out uh yeah so um yeah no I'm, I'm I'm totally with you and honestly when it comes to all that kind of stuff I mean you know when we talking to, and this is, and, and here's the thing, my kids watching this movie didn't pick up on any of that stuff. And that's what was so refreshing about this movie, TJ. It's like, they just went back to tell, they're just telling a good, fun story, you know, that like all this stuff, like when you think about it and, and, you know, you approach it from your lens and stuff. Yeah. You can dig all that stuff out, but like, it's just, it's, it's a pretty surface level story. Um, which I honestly fucking appreciated. It brought me back to the days of Toy Story and fucking Bugs Life and like just those early Pixar stories where it's like we're just we just want to have fun, man. Um, so I uh, I really dug it. Um, so Lucas' parents find out that he's been you know fucking around the surface and stuff, and they fucking you know told him to not do it and everything. Even though his grandma's like fucking his grandma was pretty cool, man. She's like, hey man, I'll fucking lie for you and stuff, but she can only do so much. So his parents find out about it. And they're like, you're going to live with your old busted ass Uncle Ugo um, and Uncle Ugo voiced by Sasha Baron Cohen, which is a, a really good performance, but like, like a, like a voice performance by him. I thought, um, you know, you got to punch his, he's like this, like in the trivia, he's like this angler and, uh, and barrel eyed fish combination. And uh, he's all fucking like, you can see his guts and stuff. And at one point he like stops talking and, and, and he's like, you got to punch his heart and Luca fucking punches his heart and he kind of comes back. It was, it was just really fun. 
Uh, and so because of this, uh, uh, Alberto is like, man, just let, 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 let's run away together. Um, you know, I'm not going to let them take you down to like the bottom, the depths of the fucking ocean, which, you know, we've only discovered 5% or 33% of that's an actual line in the movie, which I thought was cool. Um, and, <laughs> and so Alberto's like, we're 5% the or 33%. Yeah. 5% or three. The other one, fucking um, so they go to uh, Puerto Rosso uh, and they're like, we're going to find a Vespa. We're going to fucking get the fuck out of here, man. You and me, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, like we're going to fucking, you know, Vin Diesel and Paul Walker, this shit. God rest. Anyway, uh, so when they Family. go to so when <laughs> when they go to uh, Puerto Rosso, we meet. There's another thing, man. I've been saying, I've been saying these fucking movies, these fucking family movies today, these kids' movies don't have enough balls anymore to give us a fucking villain, to give us a fucking villain. And this that one did. Don't like that. Like is for whatever reason, whether they're scary whether they're sniveling, whether they're sneaky, whether they're conniving, whatever the fuck it is. Yes, they gave us a fucking villain in here. Arcole Visconti, uh, who is this fucking Vespa riding bitch. Uh, and just, uh, he, he has he has his two little fucking, uh, uh, what are their names? Uh, his two little fucking lackeys with him. Um, anyway, so... They end up, uh, 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 Alberto and uh, Luca fucking piss this guy off. Uh, Luca accidentally kicks a ball and knocks his Vespa over. And uh, we, in, in very quick fashion, we learn of uh, the the triathlon, the Puerto Rosso um, uh, cup race. Uh, because while uh, Ercole is um, fucking, you know, berating the kids and he's about to fucking push Luca into the fountain, uh, uh, Julia intervenes. Uh, and she's taking fish from the from the harbor uh, home and stuff. And you learn about this rivalry between Julia and Ercole. Um, and then you hear the history about the cup race and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's a big deal in this town. And then, boom, we have our uh, introduction into, into Act 2, where uh, we now have um, uh, Luca and Alberto staying with Julia and her father, this all of this stuff man i fucking loved like her so her dad's this old fisherman first off Rosso is like this fucking we kill fish and sea monsters and shit like that they have all these fucking decorations and all this kind of stuff around uh but uh julia's father uh massimo uh so he only has one arm and he's got this i love ca- i love the subtle inclusion of like different levels of ability too yeah yeah he was born that way. Like it, they never yeah. give you a, you know what I mean? Like he just, he just, he, just well, he starts, he starts to make this big story about it. And then he's like, no, I was just born this way. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, um, so we now have a really cool sort of family dynamic. And like, of course, uh, Massimo's cat, the cat, this is a classic Disney. Give us that fucking piece of shit cat. Right. And so, but then like sort of like a charming way. Not quite like a Lucifer from Cinderella, but we still got this cat who's suspicious and this cat who looks just like Massimo, right? Massimo's got that mustache and those eyes and the cat has like the the top uh, uh, portion of the mouth kind of looks like a mustache and stuff. So uh, the cat's suspicious of, uh, of Luca and, uh, and Alberto. But so in this new sort of world, we have Luca and Julia becoming buddy-buddy. Alberto's starting to get jealous, right? And 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 Julia teaches Luca all about school and about uh, uh, what is it like astronomy and, and 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 all these other kinds of things. And, and Luca's getting really fascinated with it. 
and Alberto's getting a little jealous. You can kind of see, but flip side of that, you see Massimo sort of start to take a liking to to Alberto, um, mm-hmm. and so it's this cool, like sweet. It's like charming, but also like we're throwing a bunch of conflict wrenches in here. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, it's, and you know the, the 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 idea of like the friend growing apart too. Mm-hmm. Also, like. Again, I just relate this to myopic. I understand it's myopic. I understand it's nearsighted. I understand it's through my point of view. But, like, it just reminds me of, like, the a first love in a way, right? It's, like, it's intense. And then you're, like, oh, you're drifting. You're drifting. And how do you how do you deal with that? How do you deal with the jealousy of, of that? Mm-hmm. Like, all that stuff came up for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's – um. It's it's uh, it's definitely a swirling mess, right? And it ultimately results in uh, Luca telling Alberto, like, "Hey, man, I know our plan was doing this was gonna go, to, but I kind of want to go to school, you know? Like, this stuff all sounds cool, and 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 I kind of want to do that." And Alberto, in the last ditch effort, this this was really heartbreaking when he reveals himself to Julia, splashing water on himself and stuff like that, and. In an effort to fucking get Julia to break away from him and ultimately to get Luca like, okay, Luca, come on, let's go back together. Like the fact that Alberto would risk all of that just to get his friend back. He but then to have himself. Luca yeah, but then to have Luca be like, Sea monster, you know, and like kind of join in and stuff. I was like, fuck, man. That's what yeah, that's what it felt like it felt like the person who outed himself to be like, okay. Like now you can come out too, and then like she won't like you either. But then you'll so like that's that's what I'm trying to tell you. Like all this red like yeah. middle school trying to deal with you trying to figure out who you are, and then having that one friend you confided in who like I'm this. It's okay to like all of that red that way. And this was the point that tipped it over because before I was like, oh yeah, this is this is kind of this kind of feels like a you know a coming of age story for a gay person. And then when that moment happened, I was like that that's what that's what this movie will always be for me no i hear you and like you know in a town like the fact that this wasn't this any old italian town this is an italian town that specifically has like this mythos surrounding sea monsters and how we fucking kill them and and we're legends and all this kind of stuff and and to see alberto fucking slow walk back into the water as people are throwing what are they throwing fucking fish hooks and fucking harpoons yeah. and shit like that at him. It's like, damn, he don't give a fuck right now. Like he's fucking heartbroken, you know? Yeah, no, it was really, it, it was really powerful. And like the movie had me, but like it definitely, but up to this point, but like at this point, man, I was like, oh fuck, like this movie's fucking, like this movie's doing some things. And then I looked over my kids at this point and here's the thing. So everything you just said, 100%. Absolutely. I'm glad that, you know, there's, there's the story out there, you know, and, and people can identify with it, but like looking at my kids, you know, who have yet to figure that part out about themselves, you know what I mean? Or have yet to mm-hmm. unlock some of those things about themselves, but looking at my kids and they're just like, Oh, but that's his friend. You mm-hmm. know? I remember that's, that's what, that's what my daughter said, but that's his friend, you know, like, and being able to be all of us being emotionally invested into this moment. For varying reasons. That's just, I don't know if that's a, I mean, I guess you can say it's a storytelling thing, but that that's like just top notch, like thematic presentation. Well, it's kind of like what we talk about how like, you know, you get, 
you can you can accomplish talking to the general by talking through the specific, yeah. right? Like that situation was so specific to them that adults are able to extrapolate all these other things while kids are still able to get the specifics of this was a friend. They were both sea monsters and he was supposed to, you know, all of that came out. It's just smart storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, yeah. um, And then after that, uh, Julia, uh, you know, because she's smart, right? She ain't no fucking chump. And she's like, hey, man, what's all this shit? What's all this shit Alberto was talking about? She splashes water on Luca and revealing his true form. And then Julia, you know, says, Luca, you got to get the fuck out of here, man. Like, they're going to fucking kill you and shit. Um, and so he ends up fucking fleeing as well. So it's like, bro, like, yeah, like, you know, the, obviously the right choice was to stick by your friend, but like, I mean, you didn't make that. And ultimately, you know, it, it's like the results are the same, you know, you got to fucking leave anyway. So Luca realizes that and he, and he attempts to, to, you know, make, make good with, uh, with Alberto. But then we learn like that, um, Alberto's dad like fucking left him, um, you know, and uh, and all these kinds of things. And like we get just enough of this story to where like we under we we can we can feel Alberto's like pain and struggle, but it's it's not like forced and it's not beating us over the head and it's not like this long fucking flashback sequence. You know, we get just enough to know like basically Alberto's just fucking lonely. He feels like he doesn't deserve people. You know, because the one person that was that was supposed to love supposed him, supposed no to what, be there for him, and yeah. be with him no matter what, fucking you know, bailed on him and shit like that. So clearly, Alberto has abandonment issues, and that's what fucking you know channels all all, all of this stuff uh, uh, with Luca and everything. Um, and then uh, you know, Luca ends up. Uh, so we have this uh, uh, prior to so some things have been going on. You know, because obviously we just went through sort of like the main sort of arc or whatever. Uh, you know. Julia and Alberto and Luca were going to be on a team to, to compete in the Porto, uh, uh, Puerto Rosso Cup race. Um, and then Luca's parents have been trying to find him uh, in the in the tent. There's this really funny moment where they end up coming out of the water. And then, like, they walk just fine, which leads me to believe they've fucking done this shit before. Of course. Yeah. And so they end up walking around. And uh, finding there's a really funny moment with the fountain with like uh, the soccer ball and or the kickball and a bunch of kids and stuff where she's trying to find who Luca is. And there's also that one scene where Luca sees his parents, but like he sees his parents in human form, but like, no, it's his parents. And it took me back to moments where like my parents were looking for me and I saw him in a place and I never thought I'd see him. It's like, Ooh. You know, like I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sneak back. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so all that's going on underneath on this stuff. Uh, but anyway, uh, so Lucas sets out. He's like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna win this race and stuff. And he is actually competing um, on his own. Uh, we also have uh, Julia competing, and um, we then have uh, or Cole competing. Rather, he's with the aid of the two fucking lackeys that he has and stuff like that. So we have this tense triathlon, this, uh, uh Puerto Rosso, uh, cup race, uh, which is pretty cool. And, um, ultimately, uh, results in, uh, Julia, uh, getting, uh, uh, taken out. She tries to uh, smash her bike into her colos and into her coles, Uh, but then, um, uh, she ends up, uh, getting hurt. 
and then we have uh, Alberto. Oh, it starts raining. Uh, yeah, that's and right. And then uh, Luke is like, oh, shit, they're going to know who I am. And Alberto comes rushing with an umbrella. But then he gets uh, exposed. He gets, yeah. And then Luca fucking and like basically it all boils down to this moment where like Luca's like going because Alberto's about to get rained on. And he's like, fuck it. And like, he just lets the rain fucking take him. And like, it's just beautiful. The music's fucking fire in this movie too. And especially in this moment, like when the rain, when, when Luca's on the bike and the rain fucking hits him and he turns into his full fucking sea monster form, his beautiful tail just flowing in the fucking breeze. And he fucking zips down, picks up Luca and they get on. And then it's like, what I loved was that's the same positioning they had. Uh, I mean, reverse obviously, but it's all in, it's, in it's, that dream. Yeah, it's a hark back to when they're on the Vespa and human, but now they're on this busted, rusted ass bike and they're their true form. And I was like, that is fucking, that's beautiful visual storytelling right there. And so they end up rushing through, they end up winning and everything. And uh, the the town ultimately, um, you know, they're all fucking, they, they kind of disagree with it at first, but they're like, hey, they fucking won, you know, and then. Without missing a beat, we have some townsfolk reveal themselves to be uh, sea monsters as well. That's the thing. I was like, yeah. I was like, look at the gays in hiding, yeah. showing up, showing yeah. out. They went hiding out because uh, there were two. There were two female sea monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which when That's you go like, back and look at that scene when the, when we first meet them, uh, so Alberto has the saying when he, he's like. Hey, what's the matter, stupido? Or something like that. Or, yeah. or as he's walking through and he teaches Luca that. And these two old ladies are coming out of this uh, ice cream shop and they're looking on the ice cream cones. And they're like, mmm, mmm. Like they, they do two. One of them does not mmm after licking. The other one does not mmm after licking. And then when Luca says, hey, what's the matter, stupido? They turn around and then obviously they throw their ice cream cones over their head. And then Alberto and Luca then take the ice cream cones off their head lick it they go mm, lick it mm. and so like when you go back and watch that scene it's like that's a subtle super subtle but like tell you tie-in. and now you see why i'm just like this movie gay mm. <laughs> in, like the best way possible like this movie like it made yeah. my little gay heart like swell i was like because we're everywhere and, <laughs> and but like just like yeah just they're just out enjoying life and living life together but it, like i don't know but it's also like yeah that's true, but also like, hey, we all love ice cream, man. Why gotta be but? Why can't it be and? Well, and no, I'm just saying, like, in, in this moment, like, yeah, it's like we all love fucking ice cream. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't matter, you. doesn't matter who, what, what, like, everybody, you know, unless you're fucking like push back on that. I'm gonna push back on that because if the only two people who eat ice cream in the whole entire movie are sea monsters, then there has to be some symbolism to that, right? I don't know. I took it as like ice cream is fucking good. And well, ice cream is good, it. but we also have to remember that storytelling has a very narrow, like they're telling us, they're showing us certain things for a certain reason. And Pixar is smart, right? They're yeah. making these connections. Well, I just, I just thought that's a, that like, that's what they were getting at with it though. You know what I mean? Like we, the only four characters we see eating ice cream, Unless there's someone else that I miss, but then with four characters that we see eating ice cream, it's like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like none, none of this, none of this stuff should matter. We should all be allowed to fucking compete in in fucking cup races. We all fucking like ice cream. Like let's just all fucking right. hang out. It shouldn't um, matter, but it does. 
any which way. Um, so because of this, uh, because they won, uh, Alberto ends up, or sorry, Alberto and Luca, they end up buying a Vespa. Um, but in a very surprising twist, Alberto sells that Vespa, um, and, uh, gets a train ticket for Luca to go to school with, with Julia. And he's like, I'm going to stay here. Uh, and I'm going to, you know, hang out with uh, Massimo and stuff like that. There was that, there was that one scene earlier where like Alberto went missing and Massimo was like fucking heartbroken. Mm -hmm. Right. And he's like, where did he go? And he's like, I'm going to go find him and stuff. So Massimo and Alberto clearly, uh, had a connection there. Um, and, uh, it's this cool fucking moment where they have this, they have this very sweet goodbye. Um, and, and, and it, Luca looks at Alberto and he's like, this fucking gut punch is like, you didn't need to do this, but they're like, Luca's like, how am I going to know you're going to be okay? And then Alberto says, you got me off the Island. I'm okay. And it's just fucking like perfect. Like, and, Mm -hmm. and to my recollection, aside from Luca screaming and Alberto Holland, like those are like the last like written lines. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. Luca gets in the train and it starts raining and he hangs out and just lets his, lets his sea monster self fucking fly. Um, and then we have this really cool, uh, uh, and then it, you know, pans up to the sky and, and it says, uh, Fine, uh, which usually I hate it when movies do that, but you know, it's in the language, so it's fine. Um, and, uh, and like, I don't like it when movies have the fin at the end or any sort of, you know, whatever. Um, and then we have a bunch of cool little uh, uh, stills during the credits of like what each person, what Luca and Alberto were doing uh, with their lives, uh, you know, beyond the events of the film and stuff. And then we have a cool little post-credit scene where fucking Ugo's busted ass is talking to one of those goat fish, um, just about how cool it is to be living in the depths of the of the ocean and stuff. And that's and that's Luca. Um, Yeah, it's a great film. It's a great film. I agree. I'm just gonna go ahead. I mean, we got, we need to do some shitty movies coming up because I feel like after after June Manji and then this, I, I I feel like it's been a string of like solid movies. I mean, I told you, I told you before. You know, I texted you about this. Then we talked about this previous uh, to recording. You know, this is my favorite Pixar movie thus far. Um, I feel like for the longest time. Uh, but what it feels like for the longest time, Pixar has been making movies for sad millennials. Um, yep. and as, as, as good as some of those movies are, you know what I mean? Soul's great, but bro, watching soul with my kids, it's like, they're not getting that same shit out of it. Um, you know, watching inside out with my kids, they're not getting the same shit, you know what I mean? All the, all these sorts of things. And so to have Pixar make a, you know, make a movie like this, that has these sort of undercurrents that you absolutely could pick up on uh, and, and run with. And the movie allows you to do that. It all is also like, you know, it's a very, like I said, it's a very service level, very fun. Um, you know, okay. We, we have like a pretty simple plot structure here. We have an event, we have a villain, we have mistaken identity. We have all these sorts of things. We have beautiful visuals, things that, I mean, it's just approachable for, for just about everybody. And in doing that, I think what they've done is given 
the newer generation, not the exact same movie, TJ, but like I, I there are there are similar beats between this and Fox and the Hound, even though Fox and the Hound is clearly more about friendship. But what I'm saying is like it's it, it's giving a newer generation movies to look back on as ways to cope or ways to approach or ways to deal with certain things and it doesn't feel forced and it doesn't feel on the nose. Um, I just think it's really, it's, it's really fucking top notch uh, storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when we talk about Fox and the Hound being a movie about friendship, I feel like this is all, while this is also a movie about a friendship, this also feels like a, a movie about affinity, right? Who are the people that you can relate to, who you connect with, who you, uh, who you can move through life with. And, um, and what does that mean to identify with those people, right? And I think it's actually really fitting that this movie is set in Italy and the whole entire movie is steeped in such culture, right? And this is like, who are the people that you're drawn to who who have the same culture and the same shared experiences as you do, right? And how does that relate to how you move about the world and how you hide yourself at times and who you trust with the information and all those things? I think that this is one of the more nuanced movies because while inside out is great, it is actually the personification of, you know, joy, sadness, anger, fear, disgust, right? The physical personification of those things. While this allows for, you know, a wide range of interpretations and like a very clear, decisive and, um, but and, but also open way that anybody can take anything. This feels like the movie that, you know, there's always those, you know how those, there are those songs that like change the meaning changes for them, depending on where you are in your life. This feels like the movie that will do that for people that it will change depending on where they are in their life. Yeah. I agree with that. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, looking at, looking at stuff like, I want to be honest, man. And I know we haven't done an episode on it. We haven't, have we? We haven't done an episode on Inside Out? No, we haven't. We haven't. Okay. (laughs) We've done so many of these things. I was making sure. You know, Bing Bong aside, Inside Out didn't really do anything for me. You know? And whenever movies try to like get you on that gut punch, and they fail, it's like, you know, right. it's like the, the, the hard, the, you know, the hard try is noticeable. You know, it's like, it's, it's like that swing and a miss on like, you know, a pitch that was outside the zone. <laughs> Coast Rose. Um, but, but whenever a movie doesn't try so hard and they hit, it becomes unexpected. And then you like that movie that much more because of it. But when it, uh, but, Conversely, when a movie doesn't try so hard and they don't hit, it's like, but hey, I still enjoyed the story and it was fun, you know. Um, and I think honestly, dude, this this is. I haven't looked at much reviews of this movie, but to me, I think this is Pixar at the top of their game. Um, I mean, it's sitting at like you know seventy five percent, eighty percent. People are, it? yeah, because but I also think it's because of all the Pixar movies, it is. Also, one of the least didactic, right? Like, and I feel like Pixar Up was Up was gorgeous, right? Then 
then we got to Wally, and Wally's message is extremely didactic, right? It's a beautiful movie, but it's a didactic movie. Inside Out, beautiful movie, extremely didactic. Soul, beautiful movie, extremely didactic, right? Um, the, yeah. And you know, and I feel like, like you said, this feels like Toy Story in the way that, like, when we talked about Toy Story four, remember we said like this is the movie we didn't want, but we didn't realize that we wanted, but like we're glad we got because it felt like a dessert, and like it felt like a cathartic sort of release and stuff like that. I enjoyed Toy Story 4 a lot more than a lot of people did, but that's because like the, Luca felt cathartic in that same way. Right. right. And it wasn't didactic. It was true to like the story form. I think again, we have to look at who these reviewers are, who these critics are, and they are sad millennials and above who have gotten used to this didactic deep delving of the human of the human consciousness and like the, the, the gray that is in life and stuff like that. But this is, this is a chance for them to get back to just pure storytelling from that point. If, so those reviews I think are skewed because they, I think they have what I, what I'm going to call the Pixar bias where they're like, I'm expecting this, this deep exploration of the human soul where it's like, no, you get out of this movie, what you put into it. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, man, I got fucking, I, I got so exhausted with that shit. Like, man, every, like every fucking Pixar movie, like is, 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 you know, trying to like, you know, I want to make you cry harder than the last one. You know, I want to make you fucking feel harder right. than the last one. And it's like, you know, yes, yeah, so go back and listen to our Soul uh, episode. Like, I fucking, I thought Soul was amazing, you know? Uh, but it, And it's, it's one of those things, like, you can't hate on movies like that that Pixar makes because they are, like, you know, on a whole other level. But watching this movie, made, like, reminded me of, like, the early days of Pixar. And, like, yeah, man, like, okay, they've proven they still know they, they can just have fun. You know, it's right. like they're they're just having fun with this, and they're putting little touches, little things here and there, um, that you can uh, absolutely mine from it, and and you know, feel something about. But they're not they're not trying to force anything, uh, and it was just really refreshing. It was as refreshing as the fucking Italian shores, man. How you know what they? <laughs> you know, I'm just saying this, in go? the movie, there's a go? fucking little summer shit go? in the movie. You know what I mean? When like, are you gonna go to? When are you gonna go to Italy? Well, I mean, so my my family went one spring break without me, and they actually visited. Um, there's actually a, so my last name is. There's a province in Italy that like you know we're named after and stuff like that, and they actually went there and like met like a whole bunch of like fucking distant, distant. Family, you should go with me and my mom. I'm, I want to take Florence to the place that she was named after before she passes. All right, and then we can go to uh, what I'm named after. And um, there's actually so I didn't know this, but there's a long line of uh, uh, gelato. There's actually a gelato, there's a gelato uh, place that it's like my name and it's like and there's like apparently there's a whole bunch of people in 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 my family that like they just come from a long line of gelato spinners and um fucking 
makers and stuff. So, yeah. Spinners, he says. Yeah. Well, what is that? Crank, crank, crank spun or hand spun or whatever the fuck it is. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I eat gelato at Epcot, and whenever it pops up in like some like uh, you know, I don't yeah. seek out gelato. Yeah. 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 But hey, so if you had to rate it, best movie we've done yet. Oh, best movie we've done I mean, yet. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I mean whatever that is. <laughs> so uh, so you, you know. give it ten fish people out of ten fish people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it was really really surprising. Um, yeah, this will be like if if we were to go back and and one day maybe we should TJ maybe one day we should go back and rank our top five movies that we've done. Let's do that. Let's do that right here and now. Well, not right here and now, but like oh. right here and now. I'm throwing the gauntlet down. Okay, but let's do that. Like, God. Yeah, no, let's do that for a few for a future episode. It'd be kind of nice to kind of go back and do a check in, right? But. Uh, we can yeah, do it. You know what? Let's do a year in review. A year in review. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this uh, this is the best movie. And then we'll also, we'll also we'll also we'll uh, also you know even up on the bet in that episode too. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm I'm gonna rate this nine out of ten fish people. Okay. You know, I mean, I had a, I had an experience with it. I had time with it. Sure. Did I cry? Absolutely. Do I cry at everything? Yes. <laughs> but does that negate the power of the tears? No, not at all. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Grown Man Watch Kid Shit. You know, we really appreciate y'all coming and listening to us every time we drop an episode every week. And, uh, you know, you can reach us by email at grownmenwks at gmail.com. You can hit us on the Facebook or the Twitter or the Instagram. Let's be honest. We're not really on that Twitter. That Twitter's slowly dying. Twitter's dying, everyone. I think it is. Instagram's yeah. a place to be. Instagram's a place to be. Um, and so you can hit us up there. Hit us up in our DMs. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail by hitting leave a message in the show notes. And that will take you to our voice message place on Anchor. You hit leave a message. We get our voice message. Uh, we get to hear you talk to us, and it is fantastic. Uh, also, please know this. We really appreciate it when y'all rank us on your podcast listening service of choice. Five stars, excellent. Four stars, great. Three or below, we will absolutely throw you to the sea monsters to be eaten. 100%. We sure will. Jordan laughs. But he knows he'll be the first one to pitch you off the side of that boat. Oh, yeah. And I'll laugh all the way down. 100%. 100%. Three stars uh, this, motherfucker. Motherfucker. You know, we still have some some we still have some hot takes coming over the summer. We still have Space Jam coming our way. That's right. That's right. We got Space Jam coming our way soon. So uh, we got some. We still got some big summer movies coming. But... Uh, as always, we want you guys to take care of each other as the world is opening back up, as you enjoy your summer. Please, uh, uh, on this podcast, we believe in science, so we're going to ask you to get vaccinated. Um, uh, if not for yourself, for the people who need everyone else to be healthy, uh, we're going to ask you to stay crispy. Stay crispy, y'all. And we will catch y'all here next time. Jordan, I have catch a question you. for you. What's up, man? Why you got that guitar in front of you? I just I had it next to me and I just put it on my lap. I ain't gonna play it or not. 
Jordan, play me a song. Play me. I want to hear a song. I don't care. Dang, I ain't, this ain't TRL. That was beautiful, Jordan. <laughs> my uh, my wire was in the way, but you know, there you go. Oh, you can't. Okay, look, I'm trying to give you a compliment, but you just want to negate it with an hey, excuse. You just, mm-hmm. No, I don't want to hear anything anymore. You just want to. <laughs> oh. Jordan, you know what you it's are. Crispy. <laughs> That's it. We're really <laughs> PC. Grown Men Watch Kid Shit is a Moon Street Media podcast. Intro and outro music was created by MPC. We are proud members of the Outlet Productions Podcast Network. Want to find us online? Check out our social media links in the show notes. <laughs>